Before we begin, let me take a moment to apologize for some audio quality issues I experienced while recording this episode. The episode functions okay, but the quality isn't as perfect as it should be, so I'd just like to mention that. So on that note, let's continue. Welcome to the Sim Racing Perspectives podcast. I am joined, I'm delighted to tell you, by two extra special boys, um, Jimmy Broadbent and his good friend from the VEC, Stephen Bailey. Hello, Jimmy. Hi, David. Thanks for the invite. You're welcome, and thank you for joining. And hello, Stephen. Hello there. Um, thanks for the invite as well. Completely unexpected. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Now, the reason... I wanted to invite Jimmy and also Stephen as well because Jimmy has already been on with uh, Billy Strange and that was a great discussion which I can link to below in the description. So given the fact that Jimmy has already been on with Billy, I wanted to have Jimmy on, I hoped, and I make the discussion a bit different. So I have some kind of notes and questions I've prepared. So I'll start with Jimmy, with you Jimmy, if that's okay. Go for it. Jimmy, your rise to sim racing megastar boy, if I can call it that. Now, first of all, I'm delighted for you because I remember the days when you had the coloured hair and uh, some difficult times. And I've I've been through that myself, I should say. So, so we're all fans here and we're all delighted for you. And I just want to get your feelings on how's it been going like you're reaching a hundred thousand subscribers now so how is it right now um honestly um thank you by the way for the kind words uh, honestly it's been a little bit strange i mean of course um bailey's been someone who's sort of been around the entire time uh, yeah. in sort of my friendship circle and um we've gone from having an audience of maybe 20 or so over on twitch to having yeah. i think we broke our our personal record the other day during the Indy 500 stream of 5,000 concurrent viewers there, you know, videos are getting 50, 60,000 views in a week. And yes. it's a little a little bit overwhelming at times because sometimes I'm not really 100% sure what I'm doing. <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's humbling, to say the least. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and then in terms of how sim racing is now, how do you measure the status of sim racing now as compared to say just like five years ago do you feel its popularity has been elevated um i mean it, that's sort of tricky to say because i have to think about my own perspective as well of course being more involved in sim racing i'm going to say yeah it's more popular because i'm, I'm aware of it more yeah um, but i'll say my example being that um you know there are now nowadays i mean in the last year or two there are now big involved in esports esports is a buzzword right now of course and absolutely when you when you throw that at sim racing you get i think there's a williams esports team now we have alonzo's i forget what his one's called but uh his one as well um there's definitely more and more want or need or demand i would say for uh for for these sim races and um 
I think that has had something to do with my own success as I've sort of been around at the right time and people are now getting more into sim racing and then they come across me and, you know, it benefits, benefits me in that aspect. But um, I like to think it has got a, a bit more popular. You know, the, the, the best person to ask would be Bailey because yes, he's, been, uh, he's been doing this a lot longer than I have. Yes, I was actually going to ask you, Stephen, so would you like to comment? How do you feel it is, let's say, from, let's say, five, ten years ago to now, like, how do you feel Steam Racing is now in terms of Steam Racing, mm. hardware, software, esports, everything? What's your feeling right now? I feel it, it's on a, it feels like it's on a very sharp upward trajectory. Mm. Um, just from my own experience, Doing administration stuff at um, Sim Racing Club with the uh, yeah. endurance championship. It, it's um, we we've gone from running a single race with 30, 40 cars to now running three divisions of 30, 40 cars. Wow! <laughs> and more yeah. and there have been so many people this year that have signed up alone just to try and take part and qualify. And obviously, then you, you have the events like the, the Formula E thing a few months ago that was offering silly money. And even um, Jimmy, obviously, doing the Gran Turismo thing recently, it's just, it's on such a sharp upward curve. It, yeah. It's amazing, really. Yeah. And Jimmy, back to you. The the stuff you're doing now, along with your with your regular videos and your stream, you've got the the Drive Tribe content. You've got the Gran Turismo event, and then you had you had uh, you went to Denmark last October for Peter for the guys from GTR Twenty Four Hour dot org. Do you enjoy enjoy the travel and the, the commentary stuff? And do you feel that's something that you would like to do more of, and maybe continue doing? Um. I I very much do enjoy it. Um, mm. There's a certain special uh, feeling or special process to actually meet someone that you've possibly never actually seen face to face, but spoken to for years in real life. That happened when I went to the GTR 24. So many faces that I was then putting to names and voices, um, yeah. which is which is a very cool feeling. And being able to commentate and being able to, but because you know I. I, I love it. I, I love all this sim racing malarkey, obviously. So when I'm there, I, I get to express that in person, and um, that's always um, very fun. And obviously, people it seems are starting to notice that and want to apply that to other things. Um, I would like to perhaps to uh, do more. The I wouldn't I wouldn't like it to affect my YouTube though, because YouTube and streaming is sort of the thing that I'm most uh, I enjoy the most. But yeah, I also have to be realistic that um, YouTube is not a it's very fickle it could change at every moment and of course I nearly, got, I nearly got banned that time from streaming so um i have to also look into other options and at the moment that seems like the the best other avenue yeah and over to you Stephen. um many many of us know for example um how jimmy got started and he's he's been interviewed before and he's of course he's been on with billy strange so Stephen, how did you get into sim racing, and when and when and how did you start? Yeah, how oh. did you get into sim racing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not the, the oof. my first PC sim was would have been F1 Challenge back on a wheel back here. Oh my word, twelve years ago, man. Yeah. <laughs> Some twelve years ago. Yeah. Um, before that, I you know obviously a huge motorsport fan, and I owned. Just about every Formula One game, every touring car game, any any sort of Le Mans game you could find on the consoles. And then 
so you start looking for more move over to the pc stuff like I said, about 12 years ago now which is a little scary <laughs> i don't quite know where that time's gone um but just you just started looking for more really and then you, you go from there running little public servers then running in leagues and then suddenly i find myself doing admin work for 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 um the official series for rf2 and i didn't quite know how it got there but, it just um, kind of happened really yeah organically it, it really that's did. nice though hmm that's nice. And is it mostly um, iRacing and R-Factor 2 you do yourself, or is, it, is there other titles you, you play? Uh, the, these days, that is, that's mostly what I do. I've done a fair bit of see, RF1 back in the day, and uh, Race 7, GTR 2, uh, Automobile Easter as well. That's a, one, that's a wonderful little title. Um, but it, these days, I, I never thought I'd find myself saying it, but it's mostly been iRacing the last few months. <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought so. Hmm. And which elements of i i racing? And I guess this is the same question for Jimmy. Which uh, which series of i racing do you enjoy most? Is it mostly? I know you're a big Audi fan, and obviously the the you're a big LMP1 boy. But but is it is it is it the LMP1 and, and GT3 mostly? Or I'd say that for for me, and I think for, for Bailey as well, the LMP1 is pretty much our only draw. Um, yeah. To drive that car. I mean, we, we drove the GT3 cars because you wanted to do some enduro together. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I, I don't really get on with the GT3s too well. I'm not, I think you, you do a bit better, though, don't you? In, in, those, in the old R8. A, li- a little bit. It's still not my cup of tea, but I'm much, much like Jimmy, the, the, the draw, I, I said several months ago, yeah. before iRacing announced <laughs> the LMP1s, that if they were to get an LMP1, that's what would get me to do it. Yeah. And I, I, I did. <laughs> I had. You, you I should had have to. heard in the, the day they were announced. It was a mixture of like <laughs> happiness and like, oh, damn. <laughs> like all your birthdays rolled into one. And what is it, uh, Stephen? What is it about the Audi? I mean, obviously, there's the um, there was the Porsche earlier, and there was also Peugeot as well and Toyota. But what is it about the Audi that attracts you so much? What is it? Like, for me, with Audi, because they came into. Um, Le Mans racing back in 1999. Um, yeah. And they made that wonderful coupe version, which was a hell of a, a wonderful looking machine. It wasn't very fast, but it was a wonderful yeah. looking machine. But it was their, one, it's their commitment. Their commitment to the sport was fantastic. Um, and it just made such wonderful cars, really. I, yeah. I just love the look of them. They, and I didn't necessarily have a lot, whole lot of competition for some of those years, but they were beautiful cars. They were always pushing the limits of the technology, and mm. obviously then, they, then you had Trifon Twenty Four back it back for the 08 Le Mans, which was I, I mean that it was hard to not be a proper fan after that. The way yeah. they that they connected to the fans and opened up was was outstanding, and it's just yeah. sort of carried on from there since, really. Okay. And then I wanted, uh, because uh, you guys were running in Le Mans, I started to, to, obviously, to prepare for this conversation. I wanted to learn more. So I looked up the simracing.club, and then you you have the, the Club Academy, and then there's the Virtual Le Mans Series and the Virtual Endurance Championship. So, Stephen, you're listed as the, the social media guy for, for the VEC. Is it so? It it was initially, and that sort of is still my official title, but... Um, yeah. There's a fair bit more now um, these days. It's sort of amalgamated into more into a wider role. Okay. 
It's a little bit of everything and anything. And I actually didn't know that that Marcel Offermans from from um, Studio Three Nine Seven. He's involved as well. I didn't know that. He is. He is. Um, see, racing with his own his own team, Sim Racing for Holland. Like Christ, I remember them from. I'm sure my age again. Um, from a best part of a decade ago, I first saw them racing in yeah. the old SSCA endurance series. And it, to me, it's amazing to have game developers on board taking part Absolutely. in Absolutely. Yeah, um, that's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> a little and bit starstruck. Yeah, that, I, I can imagine. And I wonder, it, it occurred to me, does anything that you guys are doing as part of Club is any of those kind of, um, the use of it, the features, is, is anything that, any, any of that feeding back into what Studio 397 in Holland are trying to develop? Or is we it just like sorry. Um we, we certainly can obviously help more directly with a lot of feedback. now hmm. VC is also now touted as the official endurance championship for RF two. So that's yeah. we, we certainly have a very close relationship with them. Now I wanted to talk about now the um in relation to what you guys are doing, and we'll get on to the, the, the long boy now in a minute. So you guys were using the United Racing Designs, the PX and EGT mods, which I also own. And I gather from the interview I did with Peter from GTR24, they were using the same. Now, um, what selection of cars, in terms of the LMP1, LMP2 and the GTE, what selection of cars are, are available in those series? Well, um, at the moment, I say at the moment because we're sort of coming to the end of an era now with uh, with mods. The Le Mans was the last race for the current gen of or the, or the current mod. Um, yeah. So P1, we had the GCRLM. Uh, of course, we ran that. Uh, yeah. The Audi R18 and the uh, the Porsche 919. I mean, we we could say a lot of interesting things about all three of those cars. I'm not sure if you want that or not, but maybe we can. Um, and the P2, ahead, yeah. was the, um, mm -hmm. P2 was the Orica, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, the, the, the thing with the URD guys is, um, I hope, stop me if I get on, get on a tangent here, is no, the, they, 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 they promised a product about two, three years ago, was it now? Mm -hmm. um, um, which would be a complete LMP1 set, and you sort of pre-ordered the set, and you got your cars, and it's That's early right. access, essentially. Yes, and um, they never completed it, and they oh. never. There's been no word on it. There's uh, any. Whenever anyone tries to ask them for any sort of amendment to the mod, because they are far from perfect. In fact, is it the Audi Bailey that has the fuel tank technically behind the car, like a trailer, potentially? I, I have been told that all the LMPs do. All of them. I, not the Nissan. Not the Nissan. Yeah. <laughs> not the long boy. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, imagine the physics of the car. Yeah, and the trailer and the uh, the fuel tank is actually it's still being within the car. It should is behind the car, which means that um, you drive. You know, I, I drove the Audi a little bit. When you drive that car on high and low fuel, at high fuel it swings about everywhere. Ah, um, of course, yeah, on like low a pendulum, fuel, it's yeah, a bit more stable. Yeah, it's, so they weren't the best made mods. So I think the decision that, um, to change was a really good idea. But I guess Bailey can tell you more about that. Okay, so you so is that sorry if 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 you can talk about that, Stephen? Is it so that you're planning to change then from the URD mods? Um, it's we haven't officially announced anything yet, so I, yeah. I'm I I cannot um say much on that subject. Okay, yet. Oh, we'll, well, we'll, we'll the, the, we'll the, pro the problem is is I I um 
<laughs> I sometimes hear bits of information from um, some people. Not Bailey, don't worry. Um, and I go, oh, yeah. that's what that means. And then Bailey, of course, is affiliated. He can't say anything. But I'm like, oh, I open my big fat loud mouth. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm fascinated the 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 GNS is the glorious Nippon Steel and... You you were you've been running the the, fo- the front wheel drive Nissan hybrid the Darren Cox the failed is shall I say Nissan Nismo project, and so why did you go with the 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 GNS the GTR LM why did you go with that over the Porsche or Audi or even Rebellion or Orica what was the, I guess it I I get I get the the idea of the challenge but I noted from the stream that you said that you had the you had the setup done worked out so well that it was actually slower on the straight. So is it a case of you were just decide, just decide, okay, well this is it now. We're gonna stick with the long boy until the very end, no matter what happens. Or what was the what was the thinking there? Well, uh, essentially, it, it came out a couple of it came out two seasons ago where um, where that car was released by URD. It's the last thing we've heard about them, I think, and they yeah. released the uh, GTR LM and. Um, Honestly, um, myself and a group of people who I stole from DHR um, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> um, got got together and said, "Do you want to just have a laugh and drive something stupid?" And it's like, yes. "Yeah," and that's a, that's pretty much how it how it went down. And we um, I think we all drove the car. We all noted that on the baseline setup, it was terrible in every corner. But yes. it was a rocket ship on the straight, and a lot more than it was now. Was it Silverstone where we were putting like twenty k's over you on the straight, or something like that? Something stupid. So like yeah, that, something yeah. ridiculous. And uh, we just liked the idea of being in a car that was annoying as well. Like there, there, there was no sort of oh yeah, this 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 is our ultimate strategy to win VEC. It was more like oh let's go and have some fun with you know the road less travelled. Yeah, and that was the car that Jan Maddenberger was dri- driving. He was the former. GT Academy and how any idea on on how the car how the URD car the physics of the car as simulated in RF2 how does it relate to the real car any idea I don't know you know I was very fortunate I don't think I should say his name but I was very fortunate to talk to a driver of the GTR then when I was over at, um in Germany yeah I, I asked him about it and he was saying that um it was terrible on throttle I was like yep yeah, check um as in it would just understeer on the throttle yeah and um he wasn't allowed to go near any curbs and they did it of course because their car fell apart yes but he, just, he was saying that traction control got in the way everywhere now for us the thing is the way the tires worked and the way uh we had the car set up we we used the slip of the tire to our advantage you know i'm sure bailey can tell tell you whenever he's whenever he's following us or followed us in the nissan and yeah. in the audi coming out the corner we smash the throttle before we even get to the apex and 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 the car just takes off and you 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 sort of try and point it where you want it to go and yeah. then you allow about a meter or so to the left or right depending what corner you're going through for the understeer that's going to follow it through <laughs> So wow. um, it's a very odd. I mean, Bailey's driven it as well. So, um, but it's a it's a very odd thing to very odd to get used to, especially if you're used to anything that isn't front wheel drive. Yeah, a very obviously a very difficult technique to learn, especially if you're running for three and four hour stints. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, I mean like the the thing is at this point, uh, of course, with Le Mans happening over the weekend, all yeah. of us had driven the car for. Uh, two full seasons essentially at that point so we all knew how it reacts i mean the setup was getting to a point where 
Um, when I talked about setup, it wasn't that we were going slower in a straight line. It's that we were BOP to go slower in a straight line because of the yes. advancements we have made with the setup. So yes, uh, I think Turkey was the best example of that, where we made a big discovery before the race. And then I think Joe had the fastest lap by a second and a bit. Well, I was saying that, I've got the fastest lap by a second and a bit at the moment, but that's because I uh, actually did a quality lap at the end. But um, that, that, that was Joe on a proper race pace, race stint, and he was just, we just had the fastest car that weekend because of the setup development. Okay. And uh, I'm going to get on to setups, setups in a second. Stephen, do you have your own channel or on YouTube or are you creating your own content? I assume you don't have time, but is there anything you're creating yourself? Um, I mean, I do have my own channel, um, but it's, unfortunately, my own, my connection is something from the bloody dark ages, I think. So it's, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, he's having to wind it up it, at the moment to talk to us. <laughs> so, pretty much, pretty yeah. much. Um, so it, like, it can take hours for a video that's only a few hundred megabytes big to yeah. be uploaded. It, it's, um, I've, I've pondered it sometimes, but having to wait that long it just isn't it isn't worth it for me um so so it's literally a connection holding you back then mostly yeah <laughs> but i'd I, quite like to stream the old like the old perspective of my of my race but um yeah i, I just can unfortunately and are you joining in online races from the same connection you are yes. that but that works okay it, it, it's okay. It, it's adequate for that sort of thing, but um, yeah, but not for uploading or streaming. Now you forget it. Yeah. Yeah. And Stephen, I had wanted to ask you: you're are you you're involved in in creating setups for iRacing and RF2? Is it so? Not me. No, no. That's that's not part of my um my ah, okay. My mandate. I'm too much of a peasant to be able to do that. I I go and pay people for that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, because I was going to ask you, uh, that was my understanding, I was going to ask you how you learned to do that, but never mind. So, uh, now I, ha I, have a, I have a list of questions for you both, and, that, and uh, I'm going to start off with one. This this is a bit of left field, but let's see. Anyway, do you ever, I'll throw you the question anyway, do you ever picture a time when a YouTuber would drive, let's say, in the, in the AM class, in a real world, like, say, like Chris Harris in the McLaren? I think we're closer to that than you think. I, I think honestly. Do you really? Um, yeah, I really think at the moment that because um, I've had chats with um, people who run teams and companies and say like, listen, like maybe not necessarily me, but think of the idea in the future of you have a, a car with a personality in it from the internet or something. Yeah. If they have a large following, if they have you know a hundred thousand subscribers, then suddenly a hundred thousand people, well, you know. Not quite, it won't quite work out that, that way, but you get the idea. Yeah. We'll have an interest in that car and that race, maybe if it's, if it's a small series. I think there's a lot of money to be made there and a lot of uh, opportunity and marketing, all the things that race and race teams love. Um, for someone to come in and do that, of course, there, ha there has to be an there has to be ability there. You can't just pop no. anyone in there. No, um, but I yeah, I think we'll see something like that soon. Honestly, given yeah. how people are sort of talking about it now. That's interesting. Uh, didn't Chris win in his, in his in his class in Silverstone? Was it so? Um, I think so. I think yeah. he won. I, I think he when won Nicky over all run. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's so interesting. Didn't he come third this weekend or something? Uh, Chris Harris, third overall and then first in class. Was that was that this weekend as well? Like a Paul Ricard maybe? I don't follow that that that, that much, so I can't. Yeah. 
yeah. bet he won in Silverstone, though, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he won in his class at Silverstone with the other guy from McLaren, who's like the the, the factory driver, who's yeah, the guy um, you see Goodwin. in the videos. No, they, they, they had an um, interesting mm. gif of, of him actually um, uh, just reaching over and uh, twatting old Mr. Goodwin in the dick. <laughs> It's a great gif. There's a, there's a great gif of it online. <laughs> Good <wind is> going over. <laughs> and then, um, what? Uh, I guess this is obvious for many, but what we real world motorsports do you guys follow? And does having those available in in a sim benefit racing in the real world as well? Benefit. Um, for, for for me, I follow follow WEC closely. I like the IMSA series, WRC. Yeah. Yeah. F1, BTCC, yes. MotoGP, a whole host of things, really. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too fussy unless it's NASCAR. But, um, I'm, I think for for sure, though, it's a it's a definite benefit for um for real series. Like one, you know, you'll have games like Gran Turismo where pe- people you know, people get Gran Turismo and things like that for for certain cars and mm. road cars, but then. You, in amongst them, there's the there's race cars and what's that from, you know? And then go off and look it up and oh, that looks interesting. Then from there they go off and who knows, watch racing, do racing. I don't know, but it's yeah, I, it's only it can only be a benefit for real series, really. Yeah, yeah. and more so every year, I guess, as the titles become more realistic and and har- hardware and and the the PC console hardware and, and driving gear of course becomes more accessible. Um, other than saying and now and now I know what Jimmy plays because Jimmy has makes his videos and so on. But but other than say I racing and what other titles or series are you, are you currently involved with? Both of you. Um, I'm. I've only really, um, regularly competed in some of the I racing enduros. Uh, lately, I did the VEC race this this past weekend, but that that's the first time I've done a VEC race myself since yeah. Le Mans last year. So um, I'm not I'm not actively taking part in series. I'll do the odd race here and there, but um, yeah, there's too much other stuff to do at the moment. Yeah, and do you do any offline racing against AI, or is there a title? Is there a title you might pick up and play, like F1 2017 or something like that? That. F in terms of against AI, the F1 games would be the only ones I'd really do it with because it's how it's structured and it follows the real series. Um, the WRC games as well for a little bit of fun. Ah, uh, yeah, beyond that, not really, yeah. not really. Yes, very interesting. Yeah, and this is a question I guess for for Jimmy. Jimmy, how 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 are you now? I mean, you're really busy now, but how are you managing your time between streaming and, and offline? I I do you have like a a calendar schedule that you try and stick to or I mean, I you're mean, really you can, busy you, you now. You can ask Bailey what happens every time I try and stick to the schedule. <laughs> I'm, I'm not very... I'm pretty bad at it. But, um, yeah, same here. I've I mean, many times. I, I have a very rough schedule where it's essentially wake up, have a coffee, yeah, um, work on something, be it a video on YouTube or a, a, something else, or and then try and, and then try and get streaming uh, in the evening and I, i'll try and do that maybe five or six days a week and of course that does um it does change when i have things to do for example today i as i was saying just before we came on that i had to drive back enthusiastically in the mazda that i just picked up uh in, in my in my in my mazda i should say because i was running a little bit late um yeah. and that's been my day today i left here at eight o'clock in the morning and i've just got back now because it's all far away um 
And you, you find when you have days like that, you you sort of get a little bit frustrated. Frustrated. You okay? Well, I've gone and done something, but it's not productive for the for the channel. Yes, it's, it's I just know me what you going mean. To, yeah, it's like yeah. having a chore to do or something. And those days are frustrating. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it for, for me, uh, it, keeping motivated to do things isn't a problem because I enjoy doing it. It's not you know, it's not my motivation there. It's just ever something I want to do. I'll yeah. make a video on it. I'll stream with it. Easy peasy. Yeah. That's nice. And then I'll sidestep. How is the MX-5 now? I watched your... Somebody had made a version of the MX-5 or a Miata for for a set of courses. So you've upgraded it from... What was it? 100 horsepower to 250? You've put yeah, it... Yeah, I, mean, I, th I think it's, the, it's nearer to 240, the, the, the figure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but essentially about that. So a nice double and a bit horsepower there. And yeah. um, that was the first thing that we did to it. And it went back recently for some more work, and essentially it's just had a lot of handling work done to it. So yeah. there's a big old list, but to, to be short, you know, new new anti-roll bars, upright anti-roll bars, new yeah. new brakes and pads, new uh, suspension setup. Um, we've got some engine mounts in there as well. There's been a roll bar put in, or I said a roll bar slash harness bar. The, the the car is a lot stiffer now, mm. and also an extra couple of horsepower with a new intercooler, but. It's it's, yeah. base, it's it's essentially uh, a race car for the road now, which is yeah. what I wanted. <laughs> and that's what that's what Magnus Walker would talk about his Porsches, like make it like a, a streetable race car. I guess that's what you're kind of after, really, is it? Yeah, budget budget Magnus Walker. Matter <laughs> is a Porsche. That's not fair, is it? Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good way of putting it. And in terms of your, your, your content, Jimmy, back to you, Jimmy, if I might, on a daily basis, do you... I suppose you don't really have a preference for streaming or making content offline. I mean, you make content offline, I guess you do a quick edit, but, but in terms of which, do you, do you have a preference or is it just a mix of both or whatever comes up? Well, I find that they fit different moods, uh, moods even. I, the, I use the videos to sort of show off the more serious side for me. You know, yeah. Commentate, talk about the car more try and do a good lap just, just try and be a bit more um, professional about it professional yeah. is the wrong word but you get the idea yeah um whereas streams i think they're sort of a chance to cut loose um you know talk to people as if they're in the room with you that and um, that aspect the um the conversation with the the chat is probably my favorite thing about youtube i love talking to people about uh, sim racing you know their cars etc their experiences because there's so many different stories there um, yeah that it just it makes streaming that that's the reason I do it to to come back. I I said many times I'd stream to you know two or three people and have that be my entire audience. If that if the conversation was good, I'd just stream anyway. That's pretty much yeah. why I started and why I'm continuing. Yeah. And how do you find it? Let's say on a stream you might have four or five, six thousand people. How are you managing now? Because obviously the 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 the, the chat scrolls very quickly. So how do you manage? Are you just picking and choosing based on what it is you see? Um, during the race, for example, like uh, the race we had now, um, of course I was concentrating, so there wasn't really much interaction then. Yeah. I do, I, I do sort of feel bad for that, but I also think people understand that, you know, this is the point where I need to concentrate, so there's not going to be as much interaction. And, and every now and then I'll, I'll sort of look over, try and get a flavor for what the chat is talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you sort of end up coming, you, you, you develop a skill of being able to look very quickly, read, and then come back, then process after you've read, as opposed to process while you're reading. Yeah. Um, but 
of course you can't really have a conversation one on one with that. So the the uh, solution we came up with and we've had for some time is a Discord channel. So if you find that you can't get to me or talk to me well during the stream, then you're always welcome to come and speak to me on Discord. You know, and I do my best oh. to reply to everybody when I can. Okay, and that's is sorry. Is that after your stream or while you're streaming, or how do you actually do it? Usually afterwards, because no, uh, yeah, um, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. And how how about you, uh, Stephen? In terms of content, did you watch? Do you like to watch streams or or pre-rendered content, or what? Do you have a preference, or what channels, for example, does Jimmy obviously? But what channels and what kind of content do you like to watch? Um, for me, for me, it, it can sort of balance between streams and and videos, really. I but. At the moment, I think Jimmy's the only one that I really watch yeah, at all, I, live stream wise. All um, he watches, mate. He, he loves it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can't see as much as I used to, but um, it, it's Jimmy is pretty much the only person that streams these days that I actually, actually sit and watch. Yeah. Um, for me, I, in terms of just watching content, I because I'm, I'm more outside of simulation. I'm much more of a general sort of gamer and stuff sports games fps all that sort of stuff so i, yes. I watch quite a lot of videos on those sorts of games and um that's, re that's it really I, i'm not horribly varied <laughs> but you but you like a whole you like a different style you like you're a general you you would consider yourself sorry a, a gamer in general so you like a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. fps yeah. stuff okay that's interesting Definitely. and then um jimmy i have to say before i continue i watched you in vr tried to do the poll at at monaco and i was watching you and i was thinking how on earth is he doing this you had the headset on and you were talking at the same time and you were talking about scrubbing the tires and not hitting the barriers and i was watching you going Jesus, how is he doing this? It's incredible. I have to compliment you on that because now, obviously, you, you've had a lot of practice, but the fact that you're able to keep have the headset on and drive and you were trying to beat the, the, the recent um, pole, pole lap, was it 1 minute 11 or something like that, whatever it was. And I have to say, that, that was really... I, just, I, I, I watched you and I was, I, was, I was amazed at how you were able to actually do it in VR. So that I guess that's a skill you've, you must have perfected over time. Um, essentially, yeah. I mean, I, I uh, firstly thank you for again for being very kind. But it's something that I've been working on for the last you know three or four years. And, and again, yeah. like it's it's good having Bailey here because he can sort of tell you how it's progressed as well. You know, it, it started off as being quite quite monotone, quite um, you know, just sort of stating the facts of what was going on. But as I I guess got more used to doing it. I would hmm. try and just keep keep the conscious flowing. You know, like the if a thought comes into my mind, I'll just say it. Try and say it. Usually, hmm. I guess sometimes I guess me in trouble, of course. But um, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the you know it's it's a basically removing a filter between thought and speech and just letting it all just yeah come out. And usually it goes okay. And there are times I have to sort of retake and. I will try and associate corners with phrases. Yes. So, you know, I'll go down to um, uh, Lowe's Hairpin at Monaco. I'm like, right, okay, so crank on all the lock here, you know, make sure to get a good exit. And I'll, yeah. And I'll make sure to have that crank, so I'll like, crank Lowe's. There, and yeah. then that sort of gives me a phrase to go with. Um, but, yeah, it's just practice. The first time I ever tried doing commentary, was a long time ago, like 2012, before I even did anything doing a Need for Speed game. 
And I started the recording, said hello, my name's Jimmy, and this is Need for Speed, and that was it. Couldn't say anything after that. (laughs) (laughs) I know the feeling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It all starts somewhere, you know. Yeah, that that is true, that is true. Um, And I guess that's an interesting, you're kind of um, making mental notes as you go through. Um, now the the current the current state of sim racing, and this is a question for you both again, if I may. Um, what is it that you're is there is there something that you're excited about for now and let's say the rest of 2018 and moving forward? Now obviously there's a set of course of competizione and then there's whatever i racing's working on and so on. But what 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 are you most intrigued about right now? Can I ask? Um, I think I'm interested to see if we'll get more um more more electric cars in the game um yes i've done i've done a lot of stuff recently now i was with drive tribe at the audi e-tron launch and it was there again that um at gran turismo and you you see this thing go around and yeah there's a sort of almost haunting lack of sound but at the same time you watch it go and it goes you know it's 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 extremely fast and you think well okay so are we going to start seeing this now bleed over? Um, of course, the, the problem is uh, a lot of people, I like to call them Top Gear fans, that all, all, all they do is... Electric! It's, it's, it's someone who likes a car for the fact that it is like destroying everything around it. And again, hypocritical, I've got a Turbo MX-5 outside, you know, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you can't argue with just how fast some of these electric cars are. I mean, the Gen 2 Formula E car, for example, that looked pretty quick uh, going around when Rosberg was driving it. So yeah. if it's that quick in, in real life, then you know, how many years do we have to wait before that becomes maybe as quick as an F1 car or, or, or something like that? You know, but they have different goals, but you, know, you get the idea. Yeah. And how then, it just occurs to me now, that going forward with the, with the VEC, do you see yourselves maybe taking the... the um... The, e, the Formula E car that Studio 397 have developed and, and make a series based on that? What do you reckon? Um, I I mean, Formula E hasn't really come up for us at SRC at all, because it, it, it's just not, it's not based around what we what we do, because, you know, we obviously sim, try and simulate endurance racing with various classes, P1, P2, GT, yes. whatever. It, yeah. It's, um, so it doesn't really fit into that mold, and um, obviously d- doing those series t- it takes a lot of effort to set up. So we we don't really have time to to bring in another series to, yeah. to run ourselves. Understood. Yeah. It's, um, when you're doing two endurance races every month, and it doesn't necessarily sound a lot from outside, but behind the scenes, it takes so much organisation to actually make that happen. When we, we is extremely difficult. Yeah. That's just something maybe for the future. And then back to the um, the Quattro, the e-tron that was based on the the, the Audi 90 Quattro from the IMSA. Uh, that's I mean that's a that's a electric Quattro car. Stephen, how did you feel about that? I mean, I I think it's really cool looking. I I'm fascinated by it. And Jimmy, of course, has seen it in the flesh, so to speak. So how do how, what do you think about that? Is that the future of Quattro? I wonder, maybe as electric or hybrid. Maybe, maybe. Hmm. I well, certainly, certainly we need to do something that isn't just going to be petrol, obviously. Um, but um, I mean, that thing, what what gets me now with, with cars? Like, I'm not big into road cars and that sort. Of, but I see something like that that Audi, 
Mm. And it looks like the concept cars that we used to see 10, 20 years ago being drawn up and that. Mm. But we're now actually seeing those things being put onto tracks, being put onto road. I think amazing. It's um, just like, something that actually looks futuristic and exciting. I wouldn't say it's pretty, but it, it, it's... Yeah, it's, it has a certain look. Yeah. Mm. yeah. What did Very you exciting. How about you, Jimmy? How did you you saw you saw it in the flesh, so to speak, or in the metal? How did you think it looked from 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 looking at it? I mean, it's it's chunky. I'll tell you that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there are there are a few things that are on there that don't really do anything. You know, they're there for show. You sort of look yeah. at um, the airflow and where the uh, the wings are and go, oh, that's not going to do anything. Okay, that's um, interesting. But the it just looked great. I don't know. Like maybe I'm biased because I was there looking at it and obviously there sort of doing work with it but it was low like it was imposing like in the sort of the old quattro colors as well it was really nice so I, I especially love the rims that sort of flat Audi rim they put on the uh the old gto yes it it it, it was just very pretty and yeah so, uh, i was sad i didn't get to drive it in the end that was that could have been fun <laughs> yeah the rims with the kind of blades on the outside for for cooling mm. the brakes or something wasn't it so yeah yeah um and then, what are you, are you guys? I mean, are you looking forward to um, um, a set of Corsa Competizione? Obviously, that's coming this summer. Are you, are you, are you guys looking to try that out? Obviously, for content-wise, Jimmy, you would be. But what do you guys reckon? <laughs> yeah, content-wise, yes, finally. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like uh, as just just a complete first-world sim racer problem here, uh, or sim racing YouTube problem. There's not yeah. much new content out. <laughs> You end up having to recycle things a lot, or think yeah, think about true. ideas that haven't been done, and especially if you maybe don't get off, get get on with a couple of the sims, and you, you might end up getting frustrated, etc. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. Any new sim game, anything new, and another take on sim racing, I'm interested in seeing. So I'm I'm personally think it'll be well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And then back to how you've progressed, Jimmy. I I can remember a time when you were still relatively early days, and was it so? Was it was it Dirt Four that you were you were doing a kind of review of Dirt Four as somebody? I think somebody had actually donated a copy to you. Was it so? I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, that that is a long time ago. Yeah, yeah you're right I there. Re- I mean, I did I didn't know it had come out, and I got a Steam message saying, "Oh, yeah. here you go," and it was just a copy of Dirt. Um, yeah. Um. Well, that 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 that's for Dirt Four, but for the original Dirt, this is even further back. Um, yeah. Dirt Rally, when that came out, I had no idea that came out either, because I'm essentially I'm very bad at my job, so I <laughs> I, I don't under, really catch a lot of things when they come out uh, quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, someone sent it over to me, said play this. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it a go. And, um, I I make a a point that if someone sends me something i will play it and at least try it out yeah if i if there's content that i dislike a lot i will try and stay away from making a video out of it not because i don't want to highlight that content it's because i don't like making negative videos because i it's not fun no Um, no i I, I want to enjoy myself i don't want to put myself in 20 minutes of getting frustrated you know sort of why i haven't really done much on g rally yet (laughs) no yeah, and I, I, and that's a good point, Jimmy. I guess it's basically, why would you play something for a video or a stream that you wouldn't play if you were just offline and just driving on your own? I guess that's the kind of kind of like yeah, what you're getting at. Much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah. It's got to the point now, though, where driving is sort of part of my, or streaming is now part of my driving experience. So, yeah, um, and I enjoy it for that. I enjoy driving more while streaming. Than I do just driving on my own because I get to bounce ideas off people and yeah, do things that way. But... And it's a different kind of state of mind. It's more of an interactive kind of experience. You may also be driving online with somebody like with a team for example and of course you've also got the chat so it's something that i haven't haven't tried myself but of course i guess in a way it's like a it's like a state of mind you have to kind of get used to and funny back to the dirt four i think if i remember correctly somebody donated dirt four to you and you were on a t500 at the time was it so yes yes that's and now good. you i remember the day you got all the boxes in and you got an osw and was it was it recently that you were playing you were playing GT Sport, and did Fanatec give you some gear to play GT Sport on the PS4? Yeah, was it I mean, so? it's we, we've the the OSW etc. I mean, yeah, the, the only thing that I fully paid for was uh, I say not even fully paid for was the OSW itself. But the rest yeah. of it is just sponsor equipment that I've been sent by sponsors, and uh, again, uh, I, I say this every time, but you know, Houston Gold put massive faith in me because they sent me the pedal and rigs back when I had, I think just over 10,000 subscribers yeah um, so like that they, they put a lot of faith in me and i think hopefully it paid off for them yes um, and with with fanatec um it's very strange how a bigger channel changes your bargaining position mm-hmm. um you know you just say i because i remember the the email to hissingville and the email to fanatec being quite different <laughs> um yeah the, the fanatec one was a lot more laid back i was like hi like any chance of this if not don't worry i'll just buy one you know like yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it gives you a chance to work together with people, and yeah. unfortunately for GT Sport, it seems to have some weird thing with the pedals, so I couldn't really do much of it. But yeah, I, I, hopefully the uh, I, the the idea for the Fanatec Rim is to do some more um, casual air quotes um, games because of the OSW is such a specified piece of kit; it's so specific that yeah. it doesn't really work with a lot of titles, which is frustrating, of course, when you're bouncing from title of to title. Of course. Yeah. And I guess I don't know. I mean, you have, you have the OSW. You have the top of the top, I suppose. So maybe this is a kind of a, 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 a silly question, but do you have a preference? I mean, or do we, do you have a preference for? I mean, a wheel or a rim, shall I say? I suppose. I mean, you have you've tried all the flavors, so to speak. So, what do you have? If you were, let's say, if you were starting a stream just for fun and wanted to drive something, what what setup would you pick? Um, I mean, I'll keep my OSW and Houstonville pedals, frankly. I mean, the um, yeah. I know you'd think, okay, he's going to say this because he's sponsored by them, but the Houstonville pedals are the best pedals I've ever used. Yes. Um, they are just, can be so precise with them, and they offer they offer feedback without giving feedback. And they offer mechanical feedback despite not being um, attached to anything because of how the mechanism is in the back. And it, it feels yeah. very very positive of course the brake as well is quite a it's quite nice it gives you a yeah opportunity to learn from muscle memory as opposed to anything else yeah and the osw i do like the osw um i actually really like the CS- csl elite base as well it's just the problem with that is it has a very small dead zone in the center almost where like uh, the something crosses over it's it's very small but you, you notice it after using the osw because there's absolutely yeah. nothing you, you you feel everything mm. and every and you know and, with the OSW, and usually that ends up with you coming off with your wrist a little bit limp because it's <laughs> you've broken it in a couple of places. But yeah, um, OSW, the Asher Racing Room I've got on there now, that that Momo thing, love it. 
love it. I yeah. think it's the best setup I could possibly have, and I'm yeah. very, very thankful and very humble that I'm in this position. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the end of the day, the the Fanatec is basically belt and gear driven. So what, there's nothing really. There's no comparison. What about you, Stephen? What what gear do you have? Might I ask? Um, at present, I am working with a the Frostmaster T500, trust, mm-hmm. trusty old T500, which yeah. is currently blowing fuses in my plugs, but um, <laughs> it, it served me well. That and the um, the T3 PA Pro pedals, yeah, and the and the Frostmaster shifter that Jimmy very kindly donated when he got all of his um, all of his fancy equipment. Don't forget uh, that great GT wheel you never use. I die on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so Jimmy donated the TH88 to you, was it so? Yeah, the 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 Frostmaster shifter was um yeah was one that he gave me. Yeah. yeah. It's um it's seen a little bit of use as a, as a handbrake as a as a sequential shifter. I'm I'm not much of an old car person, so the H pan hasn't seen much use. But it, yeah, I I yeah. like a good sequential shifter. Yeah, I use it mostly in the H pattern. I I I like to kind of well just for fun and whatever. But um, and the the, the pro of the TH the T three PA, I beg your pardon, yes. the pro. They're the metal ones, aren't they? That you can also yes. turn upside down, isn't it? So yeah. Yes, yeah. they are. Yeah, I, I wrestled with either direction, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It depends on which pedal's working best, which hasn't got a clogged up um, sensor. Yeah. As long as it works and you've some guys some some kind of force feedback, I guess you don't really mind because it's end of the day, it's time, and and if you want to go configuring things, and I'm I feel yeah. the same. It's like you want to be you know fit configuring thing and i want to just play because i have a little bit little little enough time as it is so so mm-hmm. um with many titles now organizing esports events such as wrc f1 uh dirt four and and gt um and i racing uh, um has i guess this is a generic question we've already kind of touched on it but has esports grown in popularity now i spoke with um robert wiesenmuller from 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 um from race room um on friday and i published a uh i published a um interview with him and he was very interesting guy to talk to and he had his aspect was that um it's kind of the the competitive it's it's growing where you have the competitive players you have the people who like to experience a car let's say simulation as a car might be let's say driving a gt3 car down the nordschleife or and then you have the 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 more competitive types and he says that He's found people maybe who might play um, um, Rallycross in Project Cars 2 race online and then they might go to race room and so on. So how about you guys? I mean, do you have any, any feelings on how is it how it is now? Now, I know, of course, Jimmy has been commentating on some events, but is it growing? And, and is, there a, is, there, is there a divide between console and PC? Or is it so that the people who are competitive, they just don't care? They'll just play where, wherever there's a competition. My, yeah. it, my feeling is that the, the competitive, from what I've seen as well, the competitive people will go where the competition and the um the money is. The money is, yeah, yeah, um, true, true. There, there are people that um that I've seen do i racing and our and our factor racing over the years that are um have been doing the F1 esports stuff, which is you know the, the F1 games are, are perfectly perfectly fine games but they're not a, a simulator on the level of rf2 i racing and, and race room and all that sort of stuff but yeah when you get a competition that's that big people will go and do it um sure it's it's growing at a rapid rate of knots um mm. 
perhaps it's something that's kind of difficult to quantify and like like we said earlier there may come a time where you have a youtuber for example running in the in the am category in blanc bon gt so let's see i suppose it's changing every day so that's kind of how Absolutely. it goes so so that's kind of <laughs> my list of questions so to speak is, it, is there anything you guys want to want to just just talk about in general or i was going to say i, I to comment on uh, on the new Assetto Corsa game, right? For me, it's both exciting and not at the same. One, it, it's got G, you know, it's got a whole host of GT3 cars, which is like everything's got GT3 cars nowadays. But That's at the same true. time, it's 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 a little bit of a throwback to GTR2 and yeah. the old Simbin GTR games, where you know it was based around the old FIA GT seasons, and I, I think it's awesome to to have another game come along like that that's going to actually be based around a series and not just a mishmash of content like the current Assetto Corsa or any sim really mm. it's just nice to have something that's so organized coming along and it will be PC first I guess that's that's first and foremost and we were talking yeah well I guess it's releasing in, in, in early access and then later on console and we were talking about um, Assetto Corsa Competizione when Billy Strange was on and we were thinking or that that perhaps perhaps a set of course competizione because it's not called like the official game of the SRO the Blanc Pond GT series maybe it could become a platform so maybe there will be kind of DLC packs they could add later for other series I mean if, if it takes off and maybe maybe if there's a viable um, esports element which goes in tandem with the with as with the Blancpain events as they as they appear between March and September. Maybe that's something they, they could work on because my assumption is that there's not going to be a, an Assetto Corsa two, and I don't know what Assetto Corsa Competizione means for um, Assetto Corsa. I guess development work on Assetto Corsa is pretty much done. I mean, the, there's the Porsche pack and and then there's the Ferrari packs and then there's a, there's there's mods and whatever. But I guess it's pretty much it. And also, since that um, Assetto Corsa Competizione will be based on Unreal Engine, so there will be nighttime, day and night transitions and weather. So it's a, in a way, it's a, it's a completely different start, so to speak. So. Absolutely. One, one thing's for sure with that game is it's going to be beautiful. If nothing else, it will be absolutely beautiful. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I wonder, will it, will it require heavy hardware to run? Um, yeah. I... Mm. It's going to need something good, I think, for, for the, Unreal, the Unreal Engine, obviously. Just, it's cutting-edge stuff to look at. I, I'd be surprised if it doesn't need something quite powerful to run. Yeah. And how, how about you, Jimmy? What do you reckon? Um, in terms of having something powerful to run, I, I, you, you tend to see uh, the new releases be able to pretty much be run on anything because they're trying to maximise the audience, especially, especially for the sim audience, because... There's so few of us that if you start saying, "Well, only half you can play it," you're you're, you know, you're taking away a, a good chunk of your money. I, I was watching um, some footage from my one of my friends. Uh, we used to race with him, a fellow called Ian Mills, and he was um, showing me some footage of back in 2009 R Factor. But he's running everything on low, and then he went into the file to turn other things off, mm. and it, it it just looks like. Um, you know when you the video doesn't load properly on like a. a a video like a, a YouTube, like what, 44p. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks like that, and he's racing, and it's like, yeah, I could race fine with this. I finally got 60 frames a second. But there's always someone out there who's going to be trying to do that. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that a set of calls are probably out of the main sims has the biggest reach. Yes, um, true. So it sort of has to be good. Otherwise, mm. sim racing loses a big chunk. Because iRacing, if anything to me, has sort of become a little bit stagnant. Um, it's sort think of plateauing so? at the moment. I think mm. so, yeah. I think people are starting to get a little bit tired of paying a million, billion pounds a month for um, netcode that hasn't really improved in years or seems seemingly seems to be getting worse, but that's only from my experience. Okay, um, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's something that Gamer Muscle had a video on. Is like, will 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 um, um, a set of course of competizione mean like a death knell in a way for, for iRacing? Maybe, I mean, if for the GT3, and it, of course it's only, it's Blancpain GT3, but I guess if they have proper um, kind of licensed, class licensed racing, so, you know, so that you're not getting, you're not getting, you know, you're not getting punted every time you go online because that's it. I think if you, if you, try to maybe join an online race and then somebody whacks into you you think ah forget it why should i bother mm. you know so it's more that 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 system needs to be stricter everywhere yeah. i mean in i racing for example you can get an a class by literally just running around at the back and doing nothing yeah and you can get that highest license which is like to drive the fastest cars i, I can't tell you oh. how much frustration i've had over the, the our ilms season where we've seen someone with an a class 4.99 somehow yet with 0.6k i rating driving a porsche lmp1 and just not knowing what they're doing and being frankly quite dangerous um yeah because of the way it's split you're then put in uh these races with you know people who are maybe 5k i rating and and not to sound elitist but it's like having someone who can can't lap within 107 percent in the fastest car on the circuit and you think yeah well, is this going to be safe but yeah that doesn't seem to be a concern for i racing Jimmy, Stephen, thank you very much for joining. My pleasure. I really, loved I it. really, I really appreciate it and uh, uh, appreciate the support in, in coming on and uh, look forward to maybe talking to you again sometime in the future. Who knows? Who knows how it's going to go? I'm yeah. sure I'll be around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> always around. Hide, hiding in a corner. Okay, until next time. Thanks. See you. See you. This episode will also be available on iTunes. And if you're listening from iTunes, we would appreciate a rating and a review if you have a few moments to spare. It'll also be available on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and via RSS feed if you want to manually add it to a podcasting client. If you have any comments or questions on the show format, we'd appreciate it if you could include those in the comments section below. And also to hit that bell icon to be notified, possibly, when new videos are published. So until next time, thank you.